0: Hello and welcome to Collisions YYC. My name is Tyler Chisholm, and thank you so much for joining me for episode three. On today's episode, I'm hosting Ray DePaul. Ray is the director of the Institute for Innovation and Entrepreneurship at Mount Royal College. And we have an absolutely fantastic conversation that delves into everything from looking at other markets to what you tell what, what you would tell your 20-year-old self to what we can truly take advantage of in this fantastic ecosystem that we have called Calgary. Join me as I chat with Mr. Ray DePaul.
1: So Calgary, relatively new for you, the past seven years. Yeah, my wife and I came out here seven years ago, looking for a bit of an adventure. We um, nice. We d- did my whole career in tech uh, in Waterloo, and you know we just knew we had to get out of Southern Ontario, um, okay? Because apparently there's stuff outside of Southern Ontario. Uh, and when I Th- go back,
0: it's rumored to be such.
1: <laughs> when I go back there, I remind them of that, and uh, so we, you know, I think over a couple of bottles of wine, we had a list of the world's great cities to live in, and. Calgary wasn't on it (laughs) but (laughs) that was well set up (laughs) but uh you know I I, somebody made this connection for me and there's uh uh, I get to do what I think is the best job ever which I get to work with with young people and kind of help them follow their passion um learn more than they could ever learn in a class by you know trying to start a business or by jumping into a project and and there's only a couple of dozen of these positions in the entire country. So, okay. And
0: does, does Mount Royal cater to that a little bit more? I've had a lot of interaction with Mount Royal and the students there through marketing and going and doing mentorship programs. And yeah. there's an energy and there's an openness there about like trying to tie it into like, quote unquote, the real world that I just haven't experienced at other universities or in, in academia,
1: I guess I'll say, overarching. Yeah, I think it's absolutely. And some of it has to do with its heritage, which is a college. Um, so right. there's a lot of respect for application And, uh, similar to, you know, I, I, I did my, I did a computer science degree at Waterloo and my professors never cared about the real world, but the way Waterloo solved it is they have this amazing co-op program. So every four months I was out, every other four months I was out in the, in the real world trying to apply what my prof who I couldn't. Quite comprehend because they right massive was, brains it's such an intellectual level yeah. and um, so that's how that worked and I think uh, the way Mount Royal approaches it is is really about how do we bring the world into the class so we do a lot of um, you know bring in what we call live cases so let's not read up on what Apple did let's actually bring in adobotics and okay, bring in real businesses real with, real business with co- real problems where you can't Google the answer. Um, just, just, just Google it. it yeah. <laughs> well, as a quick story, there was a marketing case where, uh, it was all about this BC small airline company and the challenges they were having, you know, classic case style. And one of our top entrepreneur students was in this class. So he, uh, he decided, cause one of the things we teach them is the answer isn't in the textbook. So he phoned the president of the airline company in BC And and said, uh, I I like him already. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me what happened. And they had a great conversation. And the guy said, you know, hey, if you're ever in the area, come on by. And uh, this student worked at WestJet, so they can fly wherever they want for free, pretty much. Yeah. So he said, "Well, I'm going to be there on the weekend." He wasn't, but so he flew out there. I'm just, I'm just happily going to be in town. Absolutely, spent two. I like his style. <laughs> two more hours, so we now have a policy in place okay. <laughs> that forbids people from contacting. But I just thought, like, it is such a sign that you know the system can't keep up if if you have creative, entrepreneurial students who are like, I know what the system is. I don't care about the system. The work around. I'm going to learn. You'll, and, you learn the rules so you can bend them. And he wasn't trying. He didn't hide this. He didn't, you know. But when he showed up and and told his story to the class, like the, the class learned more than the prof could ever tell them. So, well, as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, like like
0: to think of a team member doing that, like that's bonus points. Like, well, it's not bonus points. It's success. Absolutely, <laughs> so it's the difference of success or not in the real world of staying in your bubble and thinking you know what is the right answer. Have you talked to the and Have you talked to them? Well, no. I, but I really come on. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. But I googled them and I did all. Yeah. So I think uh, there's. Uh, so yeah, that's kind of in our DNA. Okay. And um, So I, I, I'll be honest, when I was in Waterloo, I'd never heard of Mount Royal University. So here's a university I'd never heard of in a city I didn't think I'd ever want to live in. Um, and yet and here you are seven years later. Loving every minute of it. My wife and I, we just had a granddaughter in Toronto, and that isn't bringing us back. So, And as a
0: grandparent, that's a pretty big
1: draw from that any is,
0: grandparents that, that I
1: know. Now, my, my airline bills have gone way up, but yes. uh, that's okay. So, You can fly
0: to Europe for cheaper than you can fly to Toronto most times. true. We have an it's office in of Toronto, and I'm back and forth all the time. I'm like, really? How much? A thousand bucks? Yeah. Really?
1: <laughs> so, as much as there's a lot to be worried about and a lot to complain about, you know, in this city, in this province, but, um, you know, on balance, we, we think it's a remarkable place to live and a remarkable place to do a career.
0: Well, which is the theme of this podcast. Like the theme and the driver is that Calgary is an amazing place and the quality of life here. And, you know, I lived, I grew up back East and I ended up out here and I'm in Toronto all the time. And just something people are like, Oh, I can move to Toronto. I'm like, no, I got, I like Toronto, but no way. Like Calgary's awesome. Yeah. And this last few years has really put a bit of a damper on, on, on things. I've been here since 2000. So we had a blip in 08, but literally it was months, almost days. You would, yeah. if you did, if you looked away and looked at you didn't really notice anything. This has been a little bit different. So, you know, the whole root of today's conversation is to expose people to what might be going on that they don't know about. Also talk about some accountabilities, like what should we be looking at? Maybe, first of all, let's start, and maybe I'll put this question to you. The word transformation gets thrown around a lot. It's a buzzy word. It's right up there with innovation these days. So from a Calgary perspective, and you think about, well, we need to transform, what's your, do you have a perspective on that? You grew up, again, there's some interesting parallels or some stories through Waterloo. So I don't know, what, what, where would you summarize or what
1: would uh, what would be your take on even that word in calgary right now yeah i think we need uh, a little more economic resilience so okay. i think we you know we're susceptible to external forces that um, uh, and i think what happens you throw your hands up right so there's there's a great stat that says a company um, the barriers for a company's growth are 85% internal <laughs> and i've lived that i would say that's a totally powerful angry stat, right? That says it's actually in your control. So there's this concept called locus of control. And I think, you know, in the environment we're in, there's, there's a sense that we're not in control. And uh, so I think, you know, if if we can get an economy that, that everybody at the individual level, at the company level, at the city level feels like we, you know, we're in control of our own destiny. um, I think that's transformational um, but I, but I actually think it starts at the at the talent level, and and I have the luxury of having a long game on this because okay. I'm dealing with twenty year olds who, um, statistically, they're going to live to hundred. So goodbye, freedom fifty five. Because you, yeah. you, you know, do Some, the math was, on what you have to save to to live to hundred. I was talking to somebody the other day, and they're like, you know, I realized
0: that freedom fifty five was just a catchy tagline. It was. <laughs> That's all it really was. And it, it was, was that because I've heard it three times in two
1: days randomly. Oh yeah, and uh, not, for me, not the world we live in. I'm, I'm months away from that number and, uh, the, uh, you know, I'd have to get a hobby. <laughs> so, so, you know, I'm, a, and, and I think everybody is going to have to start looking at, okay, what does a 40, 50 year career look like? Right. Um, so I think that's some of the, you know, some of the, the millennial bashing that goes on and the Gen Z bashing. And it's really, they have a different life ahead of them. Than a lot of us did.
0: Well, we bash them based on our filters, or I say our. Absolutely. I'm using my perspective of the world and 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 judging you by it. But it's a different world you live in. Oh yeah, and And it's and therefore a different Calgary we live in as well. To back to your point, like things have changed. And when do you throw when do you throw down the thought of like the victim mindset? Absolutely. That sounds a bit negative, but that's kind of the reverse of what you what you said.
1: Yeah, Yeah. and I think the so as we you know if you're a young person right now, you got to start looking at your career as first of all, it's going to be a multi you know, you're gonna have multiple careers, right? They're throwing out the word seven or the number seven now. Is um, that the number? I haven't heard that. Yeah. And I, I don't know the source for that. So I'm, okay. I'm known to just make stuff up and make it sound like, well, if you speak confidently, that's exactly, exactly, that's, that's exactly <laughs> it. Seven is definitely seven. <laughs> so we're going to do a fact check after on that, oh but I, that's a good stat. <laughs> the, uh, so it just means that adaptability is absolutely critical. Right, so the ability to move. I mean, it was a. a my wife and I uh, went to a cocktail bar in Seventeenth uh, a few weeks ago, and uh, we're just chatting it up with the, the bartender, and and uh, he was probably mid twenties, and and I, I made a comment about um, I don't know the frozen. Can you use a frozen orange peel in an old fashioned? Yep. And then he started talking about the science of orange peels, and I'm like, what the? So I called him Science Boy, and. Yep. Um, And then he said, well, I actually have a geology degree from the University of Calgary. Interesting. And he's serving me cocktails. Yep. So, you know, and and some of that is the program likely that he went through that that was a very single-minded program. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, uh, um, my first degree, I think I had to take 48 courses and one of them was outside of math and engineering. Um, and it was English and it was, that was the one to weed out the foreign students like right. literally. So, oh, um, interesting. So yeah, I, I don't know if I graduated very adaptable either. Okay. And, uh, so the, so we need to make sure we have that adaptability in our people and then, you know, we, we can look at how, um, they can kind of transition in their career as economies transition and opportunities present themselves. And, um, so I think that's like I look at transformation as just adaptability like when when the going's great absolutely let's go for it but uh we're not so locked into a single uh mindedness and a single talent pool um and again I think a lot of this is internal right a lot of this is uh I had the honor of speaking at a, a pivot tech a couple of years okay. ago which yes. is a conference yep. um put on by James Lockery who's an amazing city builder in uh in Calgary and it was probably the most depressing conference i was at because it was about 800 engineers um from the uh, oil and gas sector looking at how they might pivot to tech and you can absolutely do that um but it isn't a one-week conference
0: no and i've heard it's a little bit of that oh just come on just just reskill just re you know just retrain and you'll be good and just
1: kind of as this like 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 rub your hands and that would solve the problems i don't think that's the case Mm -hmm. no and and uh you know, some of the advice they're getting is go back and do another degree. And uh, that's that's tough advice to take when you've been unemployed for two years and you've used up all your savings. And
0: well, and family, mortgage, life. Absolutely. For sure,
1: 100%. So so my advice um, was, you know, I told a story about this young person I knew who who wanted to get into technology and didn't have the background. Um, so they decided to start a tech company. And it was around... A true entrepreneur. <laughs> and it was around... Um, podcasting, actually, and technology related to podcasting. And so they started having coffees with people who were related to podcasting and technology. And he's learning. Um, He starts his passion project to build an app, um, you know, around this this thing. So he's now all of a sudden taken online courses to figure out how to build this stuff. Um, So he just owned this, and, and he drove it himself. And while he's having these conversations, well, first of all, you wake up... Instead of waking up unemployed, you wake up as a founder of a struggling company, which is, a, you know, there's something similar there. Yes, but there mentally, is. No, mentally. It's a different mindset. Absolutely. And when you're inviting somebody out for coffee because, you know, you're looking for a job, that's a different experience than when you say, I'm working on a project, I'd love to pick your brain. And on the way, he had several job offers. So, um, so such a different energy and
0: such a different, you know, versus I'm going to go out and learn tech versus I need to learn this because I want to. It's like almost outcome based, right? Project based versus just chasing a course. That's exactly it's it. Very it's different mindset and uh, purpose driven. Mm-hmm.
1: And, and I, you know, there's lots of jobs now that require what's known as full stack developers, and mm-hmm. by all means, go out and learn that. But at some point, that shifts as well, right? There's you know, there's a company called engineer.ai that mm-hmm. basically will. At some point, we'll be able to auto-generate apps. and So so some of the skills that we're driving today that, you know, make sure you know coding, make sure you know coding, um, those are time-limited skills as well. So I think some of the logic and all that stuff is going to stick with you forever. But uh, what employers tell us as educators is it's all about communication, listening skills, ability to work as a team. So all of these adaptable, flexible, transferable skills is what you have to make sure you learn. You need to have the first job skills as well. You need to have the people right. hire an accountant. But, yes. I mean, accounting is one of my favorite ones just because it's, it's a pyramid. So they hire a bunch of tech, like technicians and there isn't enough spots for all of them to be partner and uh so they don't bother training them on business development and customer relations and just um, head down and
0: do the thing. head down
1: and do the thing and and we know statistically a few of you're going to be good at that and you'll get promoted and right. uh you know versus okay how do we if if you're a uh, a young person it's like no no I want to be partner so what do I have to do when I'm young in order to you know learn these skills around business development and and relationship management and all those things that make you a partner um as opposed to just hope you had them inherently just doing the technical yes
0: yeah and there's so many the the so many of the skills you see in careers or in jobs that are the things that truly move you ahead that are never trained <laughs> leadership management, personal skills emotional intelligence so many of those things absolutely that are just well just be good at it yeah. But I've gone to school for four years to be good at this thing. But now you just inherently, I'm supposed to just wake up and be good because I'm a human, or I, or I work in a place. <laughs> it's yeah. Interesting. No, it's amazing. So when you think of Calgary overall as an economy, like, and I talked to Jim Gibson, who I know you know, and he did the same thing. He went right down like this. There's an overarching, but it still starts at the individual. Yeah. You know, change starts at the mindset, and being working in, in in academia, where you are, you're at the you're at that early stage development where those 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 are our new those are our leaders. Right. 10 to 15, Disney 15 years now. But from a Calgary, so again, you, you mentioned some, you're getting feedback from, from business because I'm assuming you guys have a pretty uh,
1: tight-knit relationship with the business community here in town? Yes. Yeah. To, I'm, I'm frankly more comfortable in that community <laughs> than I am at okay, the university interesting. The community. Well, because your background is in academia. No, no, not at all. Back I mean, to, let's
0: talk maybe a little bit about your background because I sure. think there's some interesting, I was doing some, I was doing some research before yep. we met just about you know, Waterloo, Kitchener in general, that whole area and you know, it was the fastest-growing you know, municipal area in, ca- in Canada in the 60s. Then all the manufacturing left because yeah. we offshored and life changed. Then tech came in. Even the University of Waterloo story is very interesting. Started by two businessmen yep. at the time with oh, the yeah. idea of we need to create more workers, not based on necessarily philosophy or religion, which a lot of universities were started at that time. Right. So I don't know. I just It was interesting to see what they'd gone through and then the things that have come out of there, like Research in Motion, Rapid Mind, which you were involved in a startup. Yep. So maybe, a, is there any parallels to things you've seen in Waterloo to... Like maybe maybe even before your time, but being there when they embraced a the different industry that maybe oh, ab- where Calgary's at.
1: Absolutely. The, okay. So you're absolutely right. I mean, okay. it was a manufacturing hub. There's like, you know, Kaufman Footwear, and um, you know, it's one of the reasons there's these beautiful brick and yes, I was wood about floors, that. and and it's because that was all manufacturing, and uh, and they sat empty. So Kitchener's a like Waterloo is all was always the. Um, that's where the software is that's where the okay. uh universities are in yep. Kitchener like literally there's this fake border um there and, always
0: is with towns like that absolutely
1: yep. and kitchener was was pretty downtrodden and uh you know eventually the, the the kind of the waterloo well they they opened um in one of those old buildings they opened mm-hmm. this community center called Communitech. Um, very sim- similar, similar. In Kitchener or Waterloo? In, in, in Kitchener. Okay. I to try to pull or try to create a and, little bit more. And I wasn't, so it's about a hundred meters from the border. Okay. The border, <laughs> the, the elusive line. But it, but it was in an old, uh, leather factory yep. or tanning factory. And, uh, so that all, and all of a sudden Google was there. And oh, interesting. so, so. Kitchener got its mojo, and they converted some factories into. How con- long ago was that? What was was the time frame on that? So that's probably early two thousands. Okay, so like recent,
0: like um, recent. Oh yeah, history, yeah. in the yeah. last fifteen years. So
1: so Kitchener was struggling up until yeah, probably mid two thousands at least. Well, I was reading articles like before the ch- before the change, it was run down
0: and yeah. kind of your typical downtown buildings becoming dilapidated. Like it was, it didn't was not painted as a good picture at all.
1: No, but it wasn't. Um, you know, and one of the messages I send a lot about this whole diversification drive is: yeah. is it could take a generation, and you know, nobody these aren't short term fixes. But, no. we, but we have short term problems. Absolutely, like we have now. I won't call them short. We have now problems. We absolutely. have unemployment. We have like an economy that is struggling and it's hurting yeah. people. So you know, I think, and I'm not a historian on Waterloo, but you know, just I I came went there in the early 80s. Okay. Um, the the university is absolutely a core element to its revival. But the first wave in the 80s of software um, generated OpenText, which was the first billion-dollar software company in the area. Um, but – and there was a bunch of struggling startups, not a lot of other big brand names there. Well, you, you hear
0: the big – you hear the story. You don't hear about all the others, but it's all part of the ecosystem. You know, Jim made a comment of like, we need a 1,000 startups. Right. Because that's, you know, there's a volume game here and right. we've got to throw some stuff at it and see what falls out there. So I'm assuming there was a lot of stories in that area that weren't
1: yep. all big, you know, no. uh, equity, uh, liquidity events. So, so the eighties was, wasn't, you know, it was kind of the first wave. And I think okay. we are definitely having our first wave here, if not our second wave. Um, but it's going to take, you know, so, so in the eighties, you know, I remember um, sitting in, I was in the co-op program and I'm in second year and, um, uh, I mentioned Stop. off, off Mike to you that uh, my wife and I had, we're, were introduced to a big surprise in our life, which is we were yeah. about to have a baby. Yes. so A life-changing event. Life got pretty complicated for us, but um, I had to choose between a job at um, the mutual insurance company okay. in the IT department, which paid well, had great benefits.
0: We're going to say, quote-unquote, safe, safe. It job. was safe. Yeah.
1: Um, or a weird startup that paid less. And, um, I actually don't think like I, every time I call myself, I call myself a recovering entrepreneur. I feel like I'm an imposter because I've seen, you know, classic serial entrepreneurs and I don't look like them. But when I look back, like, so there's a risk taking. So I I chose the startup and I think, and and I I tell the story to a lot of young people and it's not that, that choosing a life insurance company is, is wrong. Um, but it would, it'll put you on a path. And, um, you can
0: look down the road and see where,
1: yes. At, so yeah, I, I have an uncle who, in the, one of my earliest memories, um, is probably 1970. So I'm like five or six years old and he's sitting in his apartment working on a computer. He's building a computer in like 1970. He has, a, he had a math degree, super geeky. Yep. And I, and it's I was super just ner- super nerdy, uncle. super nerdy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, totally. <laughs> and, and still one of the smartest people I know. And then, you know, he got his life-changing job offer, which was IT at Shell Canada. And I, I don't think he has a single regret. He had a great life. He had a great career, um, you know, raised a great family. Everything was wonderful. But as I started to understand as I grew up, what, that he was in the era. Like, he was in the, the Gates jobs, Wozniak. That's exactly what I was picturing, the guy and in the, the, guy in the garage. in it's a small group. Yes. And uh, – and and so what i think when when i was faced with this decision i knew paths sometimes were hard to get off of so i chose a path that i thought was going to lead to like i i i knew something big was happening in this world of computers i didn't yep. have enough vision to know exactly what that was um so so in the I, 80s there was there was an energy starting to move in that direction oh sure. absolutely yeah, yeah, very real and and i think the city start of waterloo started to tap into that um sector but but then dial it forward a bit and, and you've got, you know, RIM. So mm-hmm. a lot of people, so I joined RIM um, pre-BlackBerry. So I okay. got to be part of the first five years of BlackBerry, which was amazing. Um, but RIM, might, RIM wasn't the, the typical Waterloo company. Okay. So I would say it's adjacent to the typical Waterloo company. It was a hardware company, right? It was a hardware firm where they were, a con- they were actually a contract or a consulting engineering company. Okay, so Mike Lazaridis was in fourth year university engineering, never graduated. I've I read a little bit of that story, and and he just he got a contract. He got a contract from uh, I think it was an automotive company to to, to build something. So he put it's, his it's, education on hold, and I you know and I cho- I, again chose that other path. And hmm. I think he regrets that. Let's face it, you know, <laughs> <laughs> he has several doctorates at this point. Yes, but, um, and but yeah, to, took this leap. And uh, what I love about You know, everybody thinks RIM started with Blackberry. They were 15 years old before Blackberry came along.
0: It's funny you get these 15 year year overnight successes. Absolutely. When when the world starts paying attention, you've probably been slugging it out for a while. Like you said, this isn't any of these big monumental things are usually very rarely overnight. They're very rarely overnight. That's just how it might appear.
1: And and I think, and I told this story at at an Onward conference that the Chamber used to run. And uh, so they had, they all of a sudden started doing some consulting work around what was known then as wireless data. With companies like Ericsson and and so they realized, oh my God, we're the smartest people in the world at this thing, and it's certainly a fledgling industry, and mm-hmm. there's not a lot going on. So they had this pivotal decision to make: is we could up our hourly rate, and or just, and just live in the consulting model, or we can try to build something. And they tried to build something, and uh, you know, it wasn't BlackBerry at first; it was something else. But but that got their feet under them. And so I think those... Success is an
0: iterative process. Like, absolutely. It wasn't, we
1: didn't just get it out of the gate. It's really good to know that. Yeah. It's so easy to think of it as binary and it's not. <laughs> so, so I think that there are these very conscious decisions people make and companies make and then cities make that um, you, might not, you might not realize it until afterwards. And I'm sure for every good decision... Well, that's the a challenge, bad right, you often don't realize until then you, you got to get some runway? <laughs> absolutely. And, uh, you know, for me, one of those was, you know, I left RIM... You know, I was one of the first senior people to leave Rim and not retire, and uh, and <laughs> I got and then, it. I can read between the lines on that comment, and then watch the the stock you know go up six times yes. since I left, and and I have I have financial regret, I have no other regret, right? It, that's uh, that's that's fair, and so so you don't always know what's ahead of you, but but I think. Um, you know, errors of commission as opposed to omission. Um, yes. <laughs> are are uh, feel a little bit better as opposed yes. to just, you know, sitting and waiting for stuff to happen to you. Interesting. And because
0: you stepped off and went into a startup, correct?
1: Yeah. So oh, right. another a different type of startup. A different guess, type yeah. of and uh certainly by, by the time I left room it was no longer a startup and and um I didn't I didn't foresee the I left in two thousand three. Okay. So they had another good ten years. Oh, for it. sure they did. Yeah. yeah. So uh, but there was certainly signs. And, um, you know, the one liner I use when people ask me what happened at RIM is, you know, they built a company around an innovation. They did not build an innovative company. Uh, that, and that'll get me in trouble. And, and, for and sake, saying, you, run, you run
0: out of your next trick. Well, this
1: is it. And yeah. they, you know, um, um, did an amazing job at scaling. So most people that in that are first to market on anything, you don't you know, who... who who's, it's usually the second or third. Yeah, who first to market on MP3 players? I have no idea. Yeah, um, yeah you know who, took, who owned it. Exactly. So which those are often two
0: very different skills and mindsets. The yes. innovative mindset versus, like you said, going to scale.
1: So I give them all the credit in the world for scaling. And, uh, you know, they were, for a moment in time, the most valuable company in Canada, which mm-hmm. is crazy, more valuable than RBC. Um, but they lost their innovation mojo in that. Right. And uh, I don't know if there's parallels to that, to the city. Um, Clearly, we're an innovative city. Um, You know, we figured out how to get stuff out of the ground that no one else figured out how to get out of the ground. Um, Arguably, and to the standard that would lead from globally, right? We're the best at it. or or some of the best. Some of the best at it. So I think you know we have to tap into that again and uh, and figure that out. And I don't know. You know, Rim had the problem of when you're printing money there really is no incentive to take risks to do... I, I would say that was absolutely a Calgary situation. Yeah. When things are going so well, why would I upset the apple card? So when I first got here, one of the best things my wife and I did was we burned the boats. So we sold our dream home in Waterloo. Okay. Um, and just because we, we left... <laughs> I love our, that, say we burned the boats. We, we left our two adults... We're going to fight our way off the beach because there's nowhere else to go exactly. but here. Exactly. So our two adult children still lived in Toronto, actually. And we just knew if this was easy to return to, um, we would. And, you know, the first year... New city, you know, my wife trying to make friends. I don't I don't need friends, apparently. Um, <laughs> You're good. And it doesn't seem like it's a challenge, but yeah. anyways. <laughs> the, uh, you know, the world inside academia, all that stuff. So there were definitely times. Like yeah, you jumped into a very different pool. From oh, yeah. Where you were. So, you know, I think there's this sense of, um, as a city, most of us have burned the boats. There's no other, we, we have no backup plan, mm-hmm. personally. Here, like, we, 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 we hear that we're here, we want to kids to, to live here. So I think we have to get that mentality of, okay, let's roll up our sleeves. And, and a lot of people do. So this isn't a criticism. I get to work in, with a lot of people, the Jim Gibsons of the world, the Brad Zumwalt of the world, right. James Lockries, who... The people that make things happen. Absolutely. And I think, um, you know, I, I, I said at a conference once, which I, I may regret, but I'll say it again, um, that, you know, if you're an innovator and you're sitting inside a company that isn't supporting your ideas... Quit and leave because the the city needs you innovating, and you know. Uh, and uh, again, the feedback I got on that was, you just tell all the good people to quit the bad company, you know, the struggling companies. And I went, yeah, kinda. Um, and uh, and ch- ch- you're gonna you're gonna break a few
0: eggs. Like ch- change doesn't happen without without consequences, right? And, and not those consequences aren't always preferable to everyone involved.
1: <laughs> no, and I and I think you know the there's no way little old me is going to shock the system, but I think the system needs shocked. But we're, that's part of this
0: podcast is to get that voice and like have a conversation and say things that might be a little bit, ooh, that's uncomfortable. But the current path we're on is not very comfortable either. <laughs> to no. Be, to be blunt. Yeah, totally agree. <laughs> so that's it. I, th- I, I like what you touched on and I, 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 I talked to Alex Newth who is the managing director for Brightside at ATB and yep. chatted with her last week and she had some interesting comments about the challenge of, you know, you come and she left Accenture, moved back to Calgary to run this innovation program. She says the challenge is once I'm finished with this, what's next? Like there isn't another you know if you don't have an ecosystem so those people that that statement you just put out about hey if you're not at a place that's that's that maybe has innovative on their values but isn't actually doing it which is like again the good buzzword these days in marketing everyone wants to call themselves
1: innovative innovation theater yes
0: yeah yeah. theater the theater of innovation no i like that innovation theater what where do they go what do they do so someone just heard you say that and they're like you know what god damn you're right like i gotta think about something different what would that path look like well, now I, I'm putting you on the spot. Now I'm making
1: you Andy up to your comment. <laughs> so uh, I, I think the first thing to realize is that uh, most of the impressive people I know have side gigs. Right? They 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 have projects they're doing that. Uh, don't necessarily pay the bills. The, the, I love the popularity of the side hustle. Oh, and and it's and, and that I, term is great. Just and, I, and I love the term hustle. Some people are ah, you know, I'm not a hustler, but it's just like, well, do you make stuff happen that yes. wouldn't have happened otherwise? Moving and shaking, not not sketchy and off <laughs> exactly. the side. Yeah, yeah. Let's be clear exactly. what we're defining hustle as. We're not we're not working some scam at a casino. We're not calling it that. <laughs> <laughs> so my advice to everybody is, I you know I I think we're kind of in the middle of an old fashioned barn raising. Oh, interesting. So. All right. Tell, grab, tell me more. <laughs> grab a hammer, right? Don't don't ask for you know. Um, do I when? How much of that barn do I get to use? Do I get to you know? What do I get to do in that contribute. barn? Just contribute, and and I think then um, it'll come back to all of us. Uh, and and I don't see this as much. I saw this when I first got here. It's like you know I needed an introduction to somebody, and and somebody and they're withholding that as if like waiting to see. How they might angle this for their own personal benefit. Interesting. And, and I've
0: definitely never found like I've found Calgary to be like the literally the biggest small town I've ever lived in.
1: And and it's you know and, like, and I I love, think, I love it. And and I think there was a, a a there you know some of a culture of brokerage brokers people who broker things. So, so yeah. The, so the that, what's the what's in it for me scenario? Yeah, yeah no, I get, And, I, I, hear and I don't see this anymore. So, but I do still see it in the you know all of a sudden. Somebody's asking. You know, I, I'm I'm honored to be called a mentor to a bunch of people, which is great, or an advisor, and uh, so you know, I've had I've had you know senior people. You know, I've got a student who's working on a project, and they'll say, "Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll help out for twenty percent," and I'm like, "You know what? There's a good chance this, this is just going to die." Mm, that's <laughs> like, interesting. Uh, okay. The project. The, the my attitude around around students is. Um, if, if they're doing an entrepreneurial venture, it is because there is so much to learn by doing an entrepreneurial venture. It is not because when you're 20, you had the big idea. And if it's, you, not, it's not a get-rich-quick scheme. And if, if it is, you're going to make the cover of Forbes and a bunch of magazines. That's why we all think that's the way it works, right? There's the Zuckerbergs and the Bill Gates and all those guys. Um,
0: but we can rhyme them off because there's only a small handful of them. They're the anomaly. Yes. They're the anomaly. We love outliers. We love, we love celebrating and elevating outliers.
1: Mm-hmm. And I think the average age of a founder in Silicon Valley is 39. So, so when somebody... Not, not 22. Not 22. So when somebody young comes up and asks for some advice some support some give it freely when they ask for introductions in your network you know absolutely i i i test first like i don't i don't uh, abuse my network Um, being respectful is never a bad strategy people's time and uh you know i always ask for permission first before i make the introduction but uh for the most part so 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 give first it'll come back to you and uh, so I think that's the, f- the first thing is just, you know, if you're sitting in a, in a job you might not be inspired by or in a company that isn't supporting you um, look for what you can do outside of that and how you might be able to contribute. And that'll put and not you not necessarily resigning
0: your job, but get out no. there, whatever that side, that side hustle. I love what you said earlier about make it a project. Cause then all of yeah. a sudden it's like, Oh, what do I need to go out and learn? I'm just going to take some courses. It's here's the outcome I want to get to. So therefore
1: these are the things I need to learn. It's a very different motivation. No? Oh yeah. No, my, my, my son, who's in the tech sector in Toronto, um, he emailed me and he, there's a, it's called uh, Kegel? Kegel? Okay. Kegel's going to get me in trouble. Kegel means something different, okay. I think, but... Kegel? Okay, um, but we'll go with Kegel, because so I think it's safer. It's <laughs> a, a site, uh, the AI community. Oh, okay, okay, community. okay. And, and they run competitions and they, uh, and he just said, you know, why don't we do a Team DePaul? And And I actually took an artificial intelligence course in the 80s, but I don't know anything about it, right? Okay. And I'm like, okay. So what is the project, um, and I, we haven't figured one out yet, that we're going to jointly work on? Oh, awesome. Now your son calls you up and let's go, oh. Dad, let's go do a project. Come on. Oh, the I answer know. is always yes. Like there's no other alternative there. Exactly. <laughs> so so my hope is I'm never going to become an expert in artificial intelligence, but it'd be nice to know more than the, the words artificial intelligence and machine learning. Yes. So, and I've read a couple of articles and and, right. and all and, the rhetoric
0: and the fear and everything that and goes
1: with that. And so the, the irony, though, is um, you know I'd like to say I read a book once on, on neuroscience, and because uh, it was very well written and easy to read. Um, and I'm probably now smarter than 99% of the population on neuroscience, which is, you know, a stupid statement to make, <laughs> but it just says, go out and be curious, right? Like uh, you don't be need curious, to be an yes. expert. Just be curious about stuff. And um, I will, you know, I, I live downtown, so I'll often take the bus into, uh, to Mount Royal because um, there is no LRT. And so I'm sitting there <laughs> for, for on, note, a, <laughs> on a podcast Um, And I'm looking around me with a bunch of students, and they're listening to music, and and I don't want to judge them because maybe this is their me time. It's their time to Um, decompress. But I can't help but feel like I'm getting 20 minutes smarter than every time – Like twice a day.
0: Being curious because there is no shortage of any any topic, any subject matter, and amazing people sharing. I like you said earlier, just sharing information freely with no the the outcome. And who knows what the benefit is, but it's it comes exponentially when you put it out there.
1: And I think that there's uh, you know one thing I've detected among young people is when you tell them to follow their passion, that's that induces anxiety because most young people's passion is music, sport. Maybe art.
0: It's what relevant. What cycle of life is they're in at the time. Right. You have to respect that. So,
1: and unfortunately, there's not a lot of jobs in music, sport, and art. There's, there's, uh, there's an, ax- that's another industry where they're very fine. Like they're right. the ones at the top are very narrow, narrow group. So you know, uh, get curious then, and next thing you know, you might be curious about analytics and guess what? There's actually quite a lot of jobs in sport analytics. Right. Um, and, you know, get, get curious about... Un- unpack it in different ways. Exactly. And, and um, so I'm a big fan of the word adjacencies. So, you know, if your goal was to be an NHL hockey player, God bless you. Yeah. Um, and I had a son that that was his goal. And, you know, then you hit 15, which is when my son hit it. And it's like, ain't going to happen. Yeah. And, uh, uh, you know, we knew... But we didn't want to tell him. So, so now it's like, well, what's adjacent to that? Like, what, what can you, what is, the, what is a world that that is intersecting with that, or intersecting with the people, or whatever it is about that world? Why did you like hockey so much? And it's like, well, the competition. Okay, so you know, how do you leverage that that competition, that need for competition, that need for drive? And and you'll find something adjacent. And I think that's you know, if people start to think that way and, and curiosity will open up those adjacencies for you. And I actually think there's a um, there's a there's some wonderful potentials from an economic diversification around adjacent. Okay, I was
0: you, you, you got me where I was gonna go with my next question. So let's bring that back to here. What what where, what do you see from well, your from your point of view?
1: Um so I don't have the answers by any stretch and I, and we're looking and,
0: for we're, today. We're about opinions we're and had ideas and we're just throwing stuff out there. <laughs> and
1: I'm not, I'm probably the, the least knowledgeable in the city on, on our core sector. Okay. Um, because my attitude has been enough people are worrying about that. I'm going to worry well, about. Well, I think other. that
0: that's really even more relevant right now. Cause you're right. If I, if I want experts in that sector, they're out there. They're go, out there. I can go find them. Absolutely. I'm looking what well, I, we, I think we're just looking for different perspectives. And then, you know, the whole goal of this podcast is to put some
1: stuff out there to create some collisions between people with different ideas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's, so, so I'm, uh, uh, on the board of advisors of a company called Pendel Technologies. Um, amazing software company. They, they do, you know, a, accounting software and, and a bunch of other types of software for the oil and gas sector. Yep. Very profitable, you know, 100 employees. Um, they've made acquisitions. And so so here's a company that you'd say they're in the energy sector, but all their talent looks a lot like the tech talent that we're all talking about us not having. Interesting. They've just applied it against that sector. Right. So so the, the beauty is that, you know, they they're such a great company, they don't have any turnover. Um, but, you know, as those... Kudos to
0: them for that. Yeah. yeah,
1: but as those, you know, people go into that or whether it's like a on, which is a, a, another major software company targeting the, the drilling uh, sector, uh, but the, the skills that their people have are highly transferable. So we might be a, you know, and it's not a generation, but we might be a wave away from those... those uh, companies releasing their talent so one of the reasons waterloo is waterloo now is because of rim's demise or near demise yeah yes and it freed up this this talent that um somehow because i didn't i didn't sense this when i was there felt empowered to go and do something themselves. Oh, interesting. Um, that afterglow of the success that they
0: had been part of
1: and right. created. And, and all of a sudden, so one of the...
0: Versus just getting depressed and putting your head in the sand is,
1: right. is the alternative to that. <laughs> and, and uh, you know, there, you, everybody says you learn so much more from your failures than you do from your successes. Mandy you learn some stuff from successes. Um, ah, so, yes. so I completely agree. There's stuff to learn in failures. But, you know, one of the biggest gifts I was given was I got to work for a scaling company. And it is a gap in the entire Canadian market is how do you scale companies? Interesting. So, That's an interesting comment. So, you know, we, we are, uh, and, and this is a bit of a, a, a Waterloo history again. We, we became for probably the 80s and 90s, the most part, we were, and even my company, typical build a company, build a development team, sell it to a U.S. company. So I sold my company to, to Intel. Um, Intel gets rid of everybody but the developers, Runs it for about three or four years, and then realizes, uh, it's not as cheap as we thought. We can actually do this development well, offshore. Now
0: they've seen behind the behind the curtain.
1: Well, and and you know, Canada is not a low cost provider. You know, it might right. be relative to Silicon Valley, but it's not relative to India and Serbia and these other things. Well, I
0: was just reading some articles about just that that knowledge, the knowledge worker that we coveted so much in North America, is now all being offshore, <laughs> right. You know, for a fraction, like not even 50% of the cost, like 20, 15, 10. It, yeah.
1: So that's a real thing that's happening. So that wasn't a formula for success in Waterloo. It was a formula for some personal success, right? There was some people that, that made some money. And some of those yeah, people... Yeah, it set you up for an,
0: an event as an, an ownership or a founder, but not necessarily long-term economic benefit to the region. Right.
1: Interesting. And, and, but it was some of the mojo and some of the talent that came out of RIM and OpenText, which also went public, that all of a sudden there there were multiple unicorns and there were multiple... Um, I'm kind of anti-unicorn. Like if you just drive for that one unicorn and you don't realize that, wow, those... $10 million companies and $50 million companies and $100 million companies. are yeah. actually generating a lot of jobs. So, you you know, I don't think unicorn is the goal. I think okay. that that well, is a happy it, outcome you'll take. It, it's what we write stories about and what, and what gets, you know, Netflix documentaries made about them
0: yep. <laughs> when that, when, when those things happen. But it's kind of like the, the one person that plays on the ice in NHL. But what
1: about all the people that surround making that happen? Well, that's <laughs> kind of your point about adjacency. I like that comment. Mm-hmm. The, uh, you know, I like to say we might not never make a Wayne Gretzky. Am I allowed to say his name again? Yeah, I think, I think I you can. I think <laughs> I can. But we have figured out how to create thousands of professional hockey players in this country. Yes. And so, you know, we may not know the formula to, to create a unicorn, but we know how to create, you know, hundreds of contributing companies. And so I think this concept of how do we take companies that have potential... Um, and I think the stat, they call them the 6%ers. Six 6% six okay. of companies um, contribute, you know, uh, the most jobs, the most job growth. Uh, okay, you know, it's a, I haven't heard the same it's again. It's very small Oh, I got some good fact checks after we Oh, yeah, okay. yeah. That one's, it's called, they're called the 6%ers. So okay. I'm pretty sure I have heard that. that term, but I never really got what it, I didn't understand it. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, you know, how do we enable those, in, those companies? First of all, how do we f- find them, identify them, support them? And, uh, you know, the the there's a bit of a fallacy. Everybody wants to talk about high-growth companies. Right. Um, th- there actually are no high-growth companies. There are companies that experience high-growth episodes, but very rarely do you experience, you know, a multi-decade episode. And, and again, those ones make the news. They do. Um, so how do we support those companies? And we know, you know, we're, we're, we're blessed at Mount Royal with one of the biggest brains on this. His name's Dr. Simon Raby, who's done... Uh, he studied 500 Alberta companies. Uh, oh, very interesting. So this is where um, I love Mount Royal from the sense of, you know, how do we apply this? So it's like, well, let's look at Alberta because no one else is looking at Alberta. So here's 500 small, medium enterprise in Alberta, all sectors. Um, why do some grow and why don't? And so we're sitting on this information. And so those
0: 500 were across a diverse sector. Absolutely. Obviously, oil and gas would be the... Prominent group, but that was really diversified. I'd love to yes. see that study. small, that's medium, and it's Does the public have access to that yep, study? absolutely. Just go to Mount Royal's website, find it through there.
1: Go mtroyal.ca slash innovate, and you'll find it. That's okay, my that's website. awesome. So, and Very interesting. But some of the major findings in that were, uh, no surprises, you have to get out of the province. Right. So you can, you know, we have the luxury that you can create a pretty big company just by serving ourselves. And those are the ones that are hurting right now. Um, there's a concept. Well, it's uh, the classic too many eggs in one basket. Yeah. And and th- th- actually, if you do it long enough, you don't realize, you, you actually don't even know how to get out of the province if you wanted to, right? Like right. Like you've, you know, one of our big benefits in Calgary is, what is there, eight? Eight Blocks has all the customers or something. D- some, the downtown, yeah. yeah, totally. And, and, which is amazing. Um, but that's changing significantly even as we speak if you look at
0: just what's there and not right. downtown anymore from a vacancy perspective.
1: So, you know, but how do you get, even if it's a customer in, in um, Houston, you know, same industry, that's a whole different world, right? I don't know if you've ever done business in the US, but I, holy I, crap.
0: I did another podcast with Iggy uh, e. Domogowski who runs yeah. Tundra Process. And uh, he's like, he's like, if you think of it like you're doing business in Russia, you'd be less wrong than if you think they're like we are. Right. <laughs> I was like, that's a great, I never heard it say that way. He goes, you're going to get way more trouble thinking that it's going to be similar. Go oh, yeah. in there thinking it's night and day different and you'll probably be, you'll be safer. Yep. It was a great comment. It really hit me. I was like, well, I never heard it said that way.
1: <laughs> I was in, in one week in, in my business, I was, I was trying to do a deal with um, uh, a New York company and a Japanese company. Okay. And you couldn't have picked two different, and I, I, and I missed all the signals because the New York guy was saying, there is no way this will ever happen, Ray. And I'm like, well, what if we blah, blah, blah. And he, there is no, and he was just <laughs> blunt and he was swearing and it was actually refreshing. It's a New Yorker telling you straight. <laughs> the Japanese customer, potential customer, um, it, I, I almost had to buy a ticket to Tokyo before he would tell me it wasn't going to happen. Right. To so, such a different cultural way of doing yeah. business, and, and we're someplace in between that, right? So we're we're very nice. Um, we you know we tend not to want to give people bad news. Um, so so I think just that concept of how do you actually um, get market diversification first of all. So I think the you know we absolutely need more startups. We need the I think the digital economy is. You know, there's great stats out there, and I wrote them down because I know you're going to fact check me. Uh, pl- yeah, pl- well, <laughs> but the I think well, you're putting out some good ones today, so I definitely want to bring them back. Mm. The uh, so in Canada, the digital economy, and don't ask me to define that. No, that's okay. self-explanatory. Yes, uh, and it, is, and it's all encompassing these days. Yes, mm-hmm. is is five hundred five and a half percent of the Canadian economy. Okay, that's interesting. Which is bigger than mining and oil and gas combined. So. Uh, it is That's sitting powerful. at about three point six percent of the Alberta economy. So, t- okay, instead of th- five and a half. Yeah. So, just getting it up to the average uh, will end up creating. We'll, the, we'll move the needle here. Absolutely, right? It'll, uh, you know, we, we've done some, I'm on the board of um, Platform Calgary, and mm-hmm. so we've done some of the analysis. So the, the thousand startups that get thrown around yep. is because the math says that those thousand startups over the next, if we hit that in the next 10 years, um, we will generate $10 billion worth of GDP.
0: Which will pick up that gap
1: in the percentage. Exactly. And that just gets us to average. So, uh, but like what you said,
0: like over a ten-year period of time, being that this is a this is a horizon we have to look to. Yes, and it's and
1: it's it's challenging when we're trying to solve solutions right in front of us when the problem is laid out. <laughs> and, and I don't like absolutely right. I and, and it's one of these you know. There's always pain in transitions, and and that we shouldn't lose sight of the the geologist who's serving drinks, and and the you know the forty-five-year-old who. uh chose a path that was extraordinarily lucrative and probably the right decision at the time. They didn't go to you know, we I uh, another great stat that somebody has to back me up on I
0: but think throw uh, it out there.
1: Alberta yeah. has the lowest um, participation rates in post secondary education. Because we had is that true? That is, I'm pretty sure that's true. That's a slightly embarrassing. That's an embarrassing statistic. And and it's because of opportunity, right? Of course, there was amazing opportunities. And um,
0: yeah, basically minimal education, you could be making
1: a six figure income. Let's just call it what it is. The first two years I was here, um, I'm sitting, you know, 2012 to 2014 with students who know they can leave and get a rather straightforward job that right. gives them a good lifestyle, great pay right out of school. And I'm sitting here trying to pitch. Sometimes you know, not even having to finish. School. No, exactly. Yeah, just like, so why, why would
0: I just, semester's hard. This is tough. I'm just going to go do this. With my, so I'm with my sitting
1: here trying to convince them that they might want to think about starting something or joining a struggling. Like I'm as much about, you know, we need, we need more founders, but we need 10 times more first 10 employees. Well,
0: this, as, as a founder, as an owner of a company, I look really silly trying to grab all the oars myself. Exactly. <laughs> and I don't even know the length of oars. I need other smart people. <laughs> like you need a team to row well, that thing forward. For and sure. as you
1: know, those first 10, 20, 30 employees are, are taking risks right along with you. They are. Yeah. And they require a different mindset than employee number 500. And, uh, you know, I remember, a. My company, we had I had to go through the 2008 crash, and we had customers in finance, so it hurt. Um, so we did a layoff, which is you know always the worst day. Of how, your big was, cause it rapid, how big yeah. was because was mind. How big was
0: RapidMind? Like what? Did you have a headcount? How did you guys? Yeah, measure Yeah, we were size?
1: probably clipped to forty people. Okay. Um, and uh, but I but I so we did a bit of lay, some layoffs, and one of the developers that wasn't laid off came to my office, and and he was just white as a ghost, and he said, I I had no idea this was risky. And, oh, that's- and I felt sick actually, because, you know, as leaders, we're out there selling our vision and getting everybody excited. And, you know, he, and I, I give him all the credit in the world because he just said, I'm going to look for something less risky because I can't go through this. I have a family I have a this. So, you know, there might be one of those that you just let go that you might be able to keep, which I, which again, I'm thankful to. For him to bring that. So we actually. Well, like, I, kudos to him
0: for that level of self-awareness. Oh, versus just going into panic mode.
1: So so I think we need a different type of talent for that. Those first 20 employees. And they're as entrepreneurial. In fact I would say. Because that's me. That my career has been a joiner. Until I got to do my own. Okay. And when you're a joiner. You have to inherit somebody else's vision. So if you think it's hard to come up with a vision and share it. Try. You know, getting fuel off of someone else's vision, right? Without being skeptical, without you know knowing that I can raise my hand and say some stuff, but in the end, that guy's going to lead us. That's
0: driving. Yeah, and I'm getting on that train, right? Or uh, or I'm
1: not, and and I'm going to perhaps be underpaid. (laughs) <laughs> and I'm going to work harder. So that's a different type of thing. Well, it's definitely
0: going in with the end game in mind and what does that look like? And right. and you know, is it an event? Like you know, with your company, you had an event versus is it a long-term scale, which are two very different, different uh, things from a team member being on that. on that. My wife works for an oil and gas company. They're privately held and and she just joined them recently because they acquired her company and she was fortunate enough to be brought over. And she talked to a lot of people there when they started back seven, eight years ago. It was like, we're going to build this thing four or five years, sell it. Everyone's going to make money. We're going to be great. Yeah. But they had to retool their whole culture to like we're in it for the long haul don't worry we're safe but we're gonna but you could hear i was at the christmas party and some of them were chatting and it's like hey like we love it here and you know we're in because you know we thought this was going to be a three to five year run and now we're seven and it looks like an 11 10 to 12 year run but it, it had, they had to retool the whole culture yeah because what you bought in for is not the ride anymore but kudos they did they pivoted and they have a great culture but it was interesting talking to some of the first in individuals the first right. 10 or 15 people that i met
1: and and those are real companies like yep. that's the like the the tech sector more than any sector has gone through that that you know we're going to build something real quick and sell it. I was right. actually part of a, a breakfast club of uh, you know five of us that had all exited, and the big dog in the in the club had exited for like a billion. So okay. and, the, and the idea was we're going to meet every two weeks until we find the idea that we're all going to jump on, and we did that for a year and never found the idea. So I actually. I think it's hilarious that, you know, we, we have courses and everybody has courses that by week three, you got to be on to your idea. And we had you sat in the room with some arguably pretty smart people, pretty smart people. And again, the bar was a billion dollars. So we had okay, to come up yeah. with a big idea. So well, you guys were unicorn hunting. So it's it's hard. But one of the ideas was, you know, how do we take advantage of the fact that we know Google sp- pays a million dollars per developer when they acquire a company they want? How do we build a twenty developer company? Right, <laughs> sell it for twenty million bucks, and and just flip it, right? So you know you're all of a sudden in the home renovation business, um, and but we couldn't make the math work because we know that Google would just wait you out, and it all of a sudden it gets expensive because you got to, you got to pay top talent, and the rest yes, of as it. you're waiting for this moment to come. So so I think we you know we have a city full of real companies. Yes, we do. Um, and uh, you know if we can figure out how to grow. Some of those, um, while we're also investing in creating new ones, but how do we, how do we help some of those companies um, diversify their markets? Um, how do we help them innovate? And, and we've done some, some cool experiments. We, the, the government of Alberta asked us to run a few we call them labs where we okay. where we took.
0: Do you guys are you guys working pretty closely with the government on as well? You, I know you're working with the private sector. Yeah, talking to them. Are you also very ingrained with kind of what the government's vision is and so recent changes in government? Has that changed your guys' mandate at all? Mm.
1: Uh, uncertain okay. right now, but to but be we, to, to be determined. To be termed, yeah, I don't okay. think I don't think the people actually work for the government as opposed to the politicians. Yes, are, mm. are know exactly what's going to go on. But we've had a good relationship with economic development and trade. Okay, um, and. So specifically, we ran two programs for the manufacturing sector. Uh, and, you know, these are companies that, that, that know what success feels like because they were there, um, but are now struggling. And so one program we ran for them is we took them through an innovation program. And how can we get them to think? So we take, we take startups through these programs all the time. Right. right, like if you got one, if you got a bad idea, we'll take you through a program to try to help you figure out if it's a bad idea or not. Uh, but if you're a, happen to be a twenty million dollar company um, that has a little idea, there's nothing for you. There's literally nothing. There's nowhere. You Which is that. so
0: interesting because arguably those are the ones with the resources, the the people, the 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 the, the maturity as
1: an organization oh. to deal with something like that. So it's so refreshing not to have to teach them about cash flow. And to teach right. them about you know they, they understand well, you arguably, can narrow right in on the thing it's exactly it and it's so some of this was can can we take some of the same tools and approaches we take with startups and apply it to these existing companies and you can so the evidence is you know there are cases that it's difficult like cases where they're you know they're approaching the ground that tremendous speed right okay, um, okay. which they need, they <laughs> we're, need we're, some, we're in a dive and we need exactly. to exactly that's a whole different set of interventions that they need um, but how do we because one of the uh, barriers sorry one of the enablers of growth is innovation and innovation is how you can get you can jump adjacencies so so typically you, we're going to be more successful as a city by by pursuing energy related Sectors
0: versus a complete one hundred and eighty something unrelated right. that we we don't have a core because I I love the the idea of core competencies and yep. like but those core competencies if you really break them down can usually be applied as different I love the uh, the concept of adjacency versus this we need to do something complete completely different is hard alongside it's still hard but it's it's closer
1: <laughs> and I think where the completely different comes into play is is with universities and you know so there's there's uh, Mount Royal's not a deep research institution, but mm-hmm. certainly we have U of C and U of A. And, you know, U of A is one of the best in the world at artificial intelligence. Yes. As I'm learning more about that of what their capabilities are. So, you know, that's how you can jump over the adjacencies, right? Is you've got the, this, um, you know, the, the universities can drive these brand new um, people coming in. So like James Lockery, I've mentioned a few times, mm-hmm. so he's a founder of Wave Accounting, which okay. is, you know, phenomenally successful. SaaS, you know, accounting software for for small businesses, and he he had to go to Toronto to build it. Not to tell his story, but um, and he's recently come back here. So here is a guy that knows how to build SaaS companies, software as a service companies, yep. and cloud. Sorry, <laughs> gotta gotta I, get yeah, with I, the yeah. lingo, man. <laughs> <laughs> you got to be hip with the times. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> um, so so there can be those individuals that are enablers. There can be uh, that that can let you jump to to brand new things. Um, so so, I think you know we we need both right We need to look for the adjacent markets we need to look for the wow we can we can start to look at the uh you know data analytics of of the energy sector. And then- I've had
0: some comments about that, of like, we've got this massive pool of kind of industrial data. So what can we, and that was an adjacency. It wasn't called that in the conversation I was having, yeah. especially I mean, even with Jim about the adjacency of like, how do we capitalize on what we already know and what we're, what we're pseudo good at. And then adding, it's tooling up in these areas can really open up like a huge opportunity
1: without this like net new concept or right. fear. Cause net new scary. So what gets exciting to me is adjacency squared. Right. So, so, you know, data analytics in the energy sector is an adjacent market. Yes. Um, adjacency squared is data analytics in any other sector. So, you know, we can start, and I think we already have building up a data analytics DNA in this city, mm-hmm. um, that happens to be based on the data that sits here, which is energy related data. But, it's it's all the same algorithms. It's all the same, you know. And, it's and the same type of thinking just applied into into a different, absolutely different industry, different field. And and we have the the luxury and the pain in the butt of applying it to data that truly matters. And if you're wrong, bad things happen. And right, um, which will be valuable. Right. Like I think
0: that therefore that's also why it's worth something right. at the end. Exactly. Because this, it's real.
1: This isn't about hypothetical. You know, who's going to na- score more goals in a game. That's a different yeah. type of data. Analytics. Not,
0: there's navel gazing data where it's like, yes. Oh, that's interesting yes. versus these are life and death decisions. Also economically, like it, it has more impact. has yep. more weight. Agreed. So yeah. as a company to, to narrow into some practicalities here, um, there's a company listing today they're in that 10 15 20 30 million they want to be more innovative their culture maybe has not been that way cuz they've had their head down literally just doing the thing that they do where would they turn who would they talk to like where do they go to get that kind of help
1: i mean i think first of all there's a whole community to to, to get involved in and and i'm i'm sure you've covered things like the rainforest and yeah well let's talk about it i want to i want to cover it i want to cover it again and i want to cover it again <laughs> so there's um I've stopped going to every event so the best decision I made when I got here was I'm going to go to everything. And just jump right in. Just the- going to jump in and 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 I said goodbye to my wife I'll see you in about a year. Okay. And um it was the best thing I did and it and it just, you know, this is where I got exposed to Startup Calgary and I got asked to get on the board to start a Calgary and then I got exposed to platform it used to be called Innovate and I got yep. on the board of Innovate and 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 it's not cuz I'm special it's just cuz I showed up. Cuz you put your hand up. And, and um so I think you know some of this is just getting outside of whatever bubble you're in, and we're all in a bubble yes um, we are and of our, of our own design exactly, so there's an event every night of the week um and they're they're at you know the the new public library they're at you know the 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 new platform calgary space they're in the c e d they're they're everywhere, and so just start showing up, and they're often just networking events. So, you know, there's startup drinks. So you just want to go and grab a beer and, and all of a sudden you're talking to people you would have never have met in your bubble. And well, which is the theme of this talk. It's
0: collisions because like relationships at the end of the day, like nothing happens in life and business without a relationship. And yeah. How are you going to do that? If you're sitting at home with your head down, like trying to beat yourself into the next idea. Uh-huh.
1: Right and i think that's how it happens typically mm-hmm. and and there's you know there's some sort of osmosis that goes on when you're talking to somebody that's trying to create a company and you in your you know the the rule i try to follow is you know um don't worry about being interesting just be interested and which is a lot it sounds is a synonym to be curious <laughs> yeah and and you know so go to these things and ask people what they're up to and they cuz they want to talk talk to people about it and um and now all of a sudden you're getting a bit of this innovation DNA in you because you're experiencing it through these people and uh and then you find out oh there's a startup weekend um spend the weekend with a group of people trying to create a startup and it's just this inspiring <laughs> I've never done it but I show up at the judging at the end okay <laughs> okay but but everybody that goes through it is 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 changed they so there's these very concrete ways that are low low touch well, low, and very low barrier, low
0: barrier, low cost. Like you're not, you don't have to travel and you don't either. Nope. And I, and I, I, you know, even part of getting involved in, in creating this podcast was I know there's so many things going on in the city. I just don't know about them. Like it's almost, there's too many, but you hear about these pockets yeah. people are like, Oh, there's nothing going on. And I'm frustrated. Well, it's kind of a choice to get out there. I like agree. You got to own that a little bit.
1: And I think we self filter a lot. We're like, well, I'm not, you know, and this is my bad is I tend not to go to oil and gas centric things. Mm-hmm. And and I now know that that is going to limit my ability to have an impact because, especially based
0: on the adjacency, comment it that you made,
1: and and there are amazing. You're going to have to live your own. I'm going to have to hold I, you accountable. I, now. <laughs> I agree, and I have so much respect for guys like you know Derek Hunter, mm-hmm. who's um, you know not only is his family you know given amazing amounts of money to to UFC for their Hunter Hub and their Hunter Center, um, but you know he has a fund that invests in tech companies, so he is he's a bridge person. Yep. And, and we need more of those. And there's probably more out there that, than, than I know, but the people that, cause the, uh, there's an organization called Intergen. Okay. I've which, never heard of them. Uh, it was started by uh, iconic Jim, uh, iconic oil and gas, Jim Gray. Okay. Oh yes. I've, I've met Jim over the years. Yep. yep. Um, and so the, the, I believe the whole concept is we have all this knowledge and, and, expertise that is sitting in the 65 and up crowd and money. How do we... Yes,
0: expertise and funds. Yeah, so yeah, they actually
1: yeah. created, you know, it started out just by, a, they had some awards. So, mm-hmm. you know, you had to be over 70 to win this award, which was wonderful. Um, but now it's morphed into they've created a fund and they're looking at programming. And it's how can we have these individuals who have gone through this process and in that generation and if you back up calgary they they were the group that
0: built something from nothing absolutely like literally from the from dirt
1: and there's 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 a there's a lot different about building a tech company than building an oil and gas company but there's more of the same right and i think the you know the obviously the the you know the perseverance the you know the, the just this this locus of control. Like these are the guys that yeah. there's no way this city should have been as successful. Well, there's
0: still a platform of business fundamentals that exists. Whether it's a startup, whether it's tech, there, there's a level of innovation and, and thinking that, that requires a different, I think, about of space, about of yeah. runway. But there's still some f- cash flow. <laughs> yeah, that that'll still break you, whether you're a startup or long term or have a good, the best idea in the world. If you can't make it happen financially, it's going to fall apart.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and mindset, right? Yes. Like just yeah. this. Um, you know knowing when to uh, like i'm not a big believer in never ever ever give up because when when, when your customers are telling you to to give up or pivot yeah that, that's a good sign um uh, i have a love hate relationship with dragon's den because um first of all it, it it's i think it's raised the Profile of entrepreneurs, which is great. Well,
0: when I was in school, if you told your guidance counselor you wanted to be an entrepreneur, you'd be sent for remedial. Right. Like you'd be put into a, a program. Specifically, Absolutely. where now it's become a lot more acceptable and yes. these, these days, which I think is great. Yeah. But there still has to be some there, – there's still – you can't just do it. There's a degree of deliberateness required to still Absolutely. be successful.
1: And the uh, – you know, and I don't watch it anymore, but there used to be – you'd have this very sad person – Um. Presenting, you know, they've mortgaged their house. They've done. Sometimes, yeah, things and, that make good TV are not always exactly. awesome. Exactly. Yeah. And that's the, you know, it's, it's, oh, yeah, this is entertainment. That's why we're watching this. Yes. Rea- um, reality TV, no. Right. <laughs> so, TV is the key. So those who have gone through it, especially those who have gone through it a few times, understand, you know, how to get past barriers. Understand the, um I think there's a, I have no data on this, but I think there's a, a serious, you know, mental health crisis in the entrepreneurship world, right? It is tough. It absolutely is. And often very lonely and yeah. and, And, and it's, you know, the, we're starting to see, I think the chamber has a, CEO peer-to-peer group. We're, we're, we're trying to see how we create the same kind of things for tech. The best Did you thing, work with the
0: Chamber. You're the innovator in residence. Is that the title that I saw? In your I had
1: term? that at one point. It's probably like still on my it, LinkedIn. It was, it was. I, it yes. still I still work with them yeah, quite a bit. Okay. And, um, and it, it was, again, that was the eye-opener for me was that, you know, instead of just looking at startups, how do we support companies that, that already exist? And I think that's, um, you know, that's a major. We got to do both. But let's not let's not think the future is just about the thousand startups. It we need that, and we because um, they'll take us into new to new markets. But it's also how do we how do we somehow as a community rally around um, those that have? So one of the single biggest uh, variables in whether a company will grow or not is the ambition of the leader. So we did a roundtable. Still comes I, back to leadership it at it the is. end of the day. We had about thirty companies that it all gone through a growth episode we did a roundtable trying to pick their brain as to what happened and about five of them had actually uh you know they they told the story of their company and they said yeah this is a 25 year old company um decent size you know kind of flat but uh and then i acquired it and now here's what it looked and now here's the trajectory
0: back to your 85 percent comment from initially 85 percent was internal Mm -hmm.
1: so you know how do how do we take some of those and you know if they can innovate like i love tundra i love iggy and those guys Mm -hmm. um uh, and you know their whole concept of I think it's they call it the ACE program. Yeah, I was so going to say. Well, Eric
0: Allen, who runs the ACE program, was supposed yeah. to be on yesterday to, on this exact oh, really? talk, but he was under the weather, so we're actually meeting next week. So perfect. I've never met Eric. I know Iggy quite well, and uh, but I'm the ACE program is really I think a, it almost fits exactly what we're talking about.
1: Oh, absolutely, and it so I, I met Eric. Um, one of the first things I did for the Chambers, I created this program called Ignite, which yep. was an innovation yep. program for existing companies, and and Eric was one of the first cohort into that. Okay, awesome. And, which was fascinating. Oh, so the world gets smaller immediately, well, yeah. And it was a little meta cuz he was taking an acceleration program to learn how to build an accelerator, which I thought was amazing, right? So <laughs> that is that is awesome. Yeah, so they taking the thing to learn the thing. <laughs> and and they're trying to again, I won't rain on his parade, but but they're like being an entrepreneur is really 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 tough. Like when you think of the skill set you need to be successful even as an entrepreneurial team, yes. It's tough. So you know What I loved about Tundra's approach is, look, we, we know you're a great inventor, we know you want to build, um, asking you to also be a good salesperson and a good customer service person and worry about the financial side of this um, might be too high of a bar, how can we partner to help you do that? How can we be your go-to-market strategy? And I think that's going to open up opportunities for technology to get into uh, what I understand to be a very difficult market to sell into.
0: Yes, because uh, yes, I've... I've yeah, and how do you even get in the right room to even fail fast to get the feedback? Of you know, like, I was talking to Iggy, and he's like, "So many entrepreneurs, they stick. It's in my basement, and what, it's there's also the perfectionist procrastinator. Like once I get it perfect, and right. then everyone will buy it, and, and I think, no one buys it, <laughs> and no I think one knows the, about it.
1: The before the crash. There was no reason I, – I, I sat on in a, in a panel or something, and, and the head of COSIA, um said the, – the CEO of Imperial Oil said, why would I take any risks with new technology? There's no reason. There is no reason for me to do that. That would not be fair to my shareholders. You know, so, so now there's a reason. So you know, I I always look for these silver linings, right? So the silver never wasted a good downturn. (laughs) Exactly, right? So the silver lining in in all of this is that, um, so Calgary Economic Development just released a report. I think it was yesterday or a few days ago. Okay, okay. On the uh, the did the digital the digitization of Canada. So and the billions, I think it's a crazy number. uh, Forty-four billion dollars will be spent by twenty twenty-two digitize uh the industries within canada so very interesting so this is not the, even
0: changing the industries themselves no. but just the digital imp uh, how they're going to operate and run
1: absolutely right so so there's an adjacency right so you're looking at and, and, they, and it's happening whether you're on board with it or not exactly so so uh that's a powerful statistic ced said like almost two billion of that is happening in the energy sector um a billion in the creative industries here uh, you know, another half a billion in life sciences. So, so here is this opportunity where where they're all figuring out. Okay, I guess we got to do something. We yes. can't. And, and that, the negative side to that is once they've digitized and automated, those jobs will never come back. Yes. So they've been they've been even using human resources where automation is going to replace them. So so that's another warning. Warning. Um, even and this is my my opinion. Even if. Um, the price comes back, of oil comes back. The jobs may not.
0: You're not. The, you're not the only person that is.
1: I've heard say that because they've yeah. they've figured out how few people you need to actually do this. So right. um, now that they went through that cycle of being forced to be more right. efficient, yeah. unless of course there's new builds and like you know there's there's uh, new activity, there are new people for that. Yes, but, yeah. um but yeah, they've they've figured this out, and yeah. Investing. But fundamentally,
0: there's a different. Like it won't come. It, if it comes back, it will not be what it was. Right. It's 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 fundamentally changed now. Right. Where you know, 08. we went through a little six month blip. Nothing really changed. It just slowed and picked back up. But this is a this has been a a, a, so, a life changing event.
1: And it's the dirty little secret of productivity gains. They usually mean. We need less people. Right. right?
0: And also often different types of people. Yep. Different skills. Back to yours. Like, where's that adjacency? Like, this is, I'm still in my industry, but now I need
1: these skills to be productive in the same space, in the same sector. So this, you know, if there's $2 billion going to get spent in the energy sector on digitization, the opportunity there is for software firms that have an understanding of the energy sector, um, to capitalize on that too. Because the
0: argument might be now, without that, we're going to have to go out of market to find those resources to bring in here. Right. You don't go to the US or abroad versus if we're, our, if we're the experts in our own discipline, why can't we be at that table? Yeah. We should be. I'm yeah. not saying we're not, but there is that, you know, even talking to some people, they're like, hey, we're doing a lot of innovation. We're doing a lot of stuff with tech. We have to go to New York. We have to go to Silicon Valley. We have to go to Europe because we don't have, even in Canada, let alone just Western Canada, mm.
1: Yeah and 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 what gives me tremendous hope are companies like uh, Adabotics. Okay? And mm-hmm. um you know for the for the millions of listeners out there <laughs> uh if you haven't heard of Adabotics, find out about them. And there's not a lot of information out there about okay. them because they're kind of still stealthy.
0: I heard someone like I've heard the name recently but I know nothing. So, so give us a little
1: bit of peek behind the curtain. So they um they they've publicly I I know the founder, but they publicly they won an award last year. So they said in 2017, we had $350,000 in revenue. 2018, we had $30 million. In 2019, we should be at $100 million. That's impressive. So they build robotic fulfillment centers for everybody but Amazon. Okay. So Amazon bought a robotic company. Of, co- so, of course they did. So they've tapped into this um, wave of, uh, uh, you know, if you're a retailer, you have a massive warehouse Um, My brother works at Canadian Tire in downtown Toronto. They have these massive warehouses that are designed to ship pallets to a store. Mm -hmm. The store puts them on a shelf and then us as consumers go and grab them. How do you convert that to be an e-commerce where you have a massive warehouse that ships a box to a consumer? Um, That's what they help with. So this is a multi-billion dollar market and this is a Calgary company that is in the heart of it. Uh, and what I love about this company is it 's a great story it 's it 's robotics it 's mechanical it 's um if you go to their their place in the northeast it 's you know there's CNC yeah, machines. Yeah, these are
0: mach- these are physical m- equipment. We know how to
1: do this. Yes, we do. Um, so so this is a great adjacency where we're using talent that we have a lot of. Um, and and Scott, the founder, yeah, high, highly skilled machinists. Yeah, absolutely. And Scott said he probably couldn't have built this company if it wasn't for the downturn because he wouldn't have been able to afford. Well, back to your comment about,
0: about those people, that the people that he would have brought on early would have been taking a slight pay cut. They would have been involved in something that they had to have a, a sense of curiosity, interest, and, yep. and a little bit of bravery to take this risk of going absolutely. out of the safe job. Back to your insurance story from the beginning.
1: I, mm-hmm. I doubt there's a pension. Yeah, <laughs> right. Fair, so, yes, absolutely. So there's a lot of, you know, golden handcuffs as we call them. Yep. Um, yep. So, so so here's this amazing company that it's going to need, you know, that's also software driven and all the rest of it. Um, but you know, I know his ambition is he wants to grow this in Calgary, he and and there's every reason he should. So we all of a sudden, this is this can be the anchor tenant for um, what is already a fairly uh, good logistics, transportation, supply chain industry. Well,
0: yeah, because between agriculture, oil and gas, and transportation logistics, those are kind of the three yeah. leaders in, in Western Canada. For so sure.
1: so here's you know version two or version three or whatever version. Like this is yeah. the the future of this. Um, and how do we figure out, so, and, and I don't know the answer to this, but, you know, RIM became an anchor at Waterloo. I remember trying to hire people into Waterloo, and I, you know, the toughest question to answer was, so if this job doesn't work out, where else would I work? And there was really nobody, nowhere else, right? So, um, but how do we... And that's a
0: real thing when you're bringing talent from other places, like when you're bringing right. people in,
1: for sure. And, you know, the... Going back even further, Ottawa was a you know, new bridge networks. And one guy, Terry Matthews, was the anchor for Ottawa to become a tech sector. And, um, you know, I'm sure the same could be said. And now it's Shopify was the anchor in, in Hootsuite in Vancouver. And yep. So, and I actually don't know the answer to this, but somebody out there I'm sure does, is why wasn't smart technologies the anchor for an amazing ed tech mm-hmm. um, cluster here? I don't know. So let's not waste that opportunity. We have so many. That's an interesting
0: comment. Yeah. Cause you know, that was kind of a big rise. And then what happened? I don't even, I don't, I don't know the rest, the rest of the story.
1: And you know, with all due respect to those out there that probably worked at smart and are now yep. doing really cool things. They're, they're not at the, I, I don't hear about them.
0: Okay. And That's that just might be
1: me. Yep. Um, I do hear about the Nortel people, mm-hmm. right? So Nortel had a big yes, they did. group here. Yep. And some of those people have popped up in a bunch of different places. So Nortel shed, you know, um, some amazing talent. Uh, so, a bit of the Waterloo story most people don't know is that um, there was a Hewlett Packard office in Waterloo. Okay, and it attracted really good talent. This is back when Hewlett Packard was a, a remarkable name. Um, so, well, they, they were they were one of the pioneers. They
0: were one of oh, the innovators yeah. of, the, of, and, of it all.
1: Oh. I mean, they're If you've read the Jim Collins "Good to Great," they're all over that, right? Mm-hmm. They're good to great to huh? <laughs> so, but uh, so when they, they closed that office and those people went on to be, they weren't the founders of RIM, but they were the scaling people inside RIM. They were, uh, they created uh, 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 that billionaire founder I told you at my breakfast mm-hmm. club. Yes. He create he came from Hewlett Packard and his co-founder and they created two, two companies that were uh, billion dollar companies. So there are these events that look like they're bad. And we just have to somehow figure out, okay, how, you know, how do we leverage them? Or they even look like they're good, right? Solium. So Solium Mm -hmm. just, you know, here's a billion dollars. Here's a unicorn in the fintech world, you know, broadly defined. Yes. Um, We have Helsium, We've got uh, an Upstart now, which just got a bunch of funding. Zezune. So we've got the makings of a fintech cluster, how do we double down on that? How do, how do we, we pull
0: that together and really lean in on it? Right.
1: And, and that's you know,
0: challenging because I feel we're moving in a bunch of different, like a bunch of different directions at the same time. And how do you create that critical mass on those right
1: areas and, and kind of make the bet, take the risk? Because it is a bit of a risk. Yeah. yeah. And I think this is top down and bottom up, right? I mean, I'm a right. big believer in, you know, the, the government can have a plan. And th- those plans wouldn't have allowed for a rim in Waterloo, a hu- hu- suite in Vancouver, a shop like yes. these make no sense. They shouldn't have been there. Right. You know, um, yeah, they uh, they kind of break the mold, which is what we're what we're after, mm. right? The, what what what's the Edmonton gaming company that got bought by EA? I forget name. Oh, I know, who you, I, yeah, I, I so can't so remember Ramazuka, I know, yeah. you, but why on earth would there be a gaming company in Edmonton, right? So because somebody somebody, somebody decided, they decided yes. So exactly, I think so that's we, a good. We can't be so top down. As to think we're pu- there's puppet masters, but I completely understand the government has resources and they have to apply those resources someplace. Mm-hmm. But always be in tune with oh my god, there's something going on. You know, uh, uh, we probably do have a right to be a fintech cluster, um, but not nearly as much as a Toronto or a New York or a London. Right. Um, but there are people that you know, didn't get the memo. I was was just going to say, that's another thing about the entrepreneurs
0: are the people with the passion. They don't, they don't read those memos. No. And I, no, no, no. I have no interest in this can't business you're speaking of or shouldn't.
1: And what I love is, uh, innovation is a meritocracy, right? If, if you are good, um, and you're coming up with solutions to real problems, no one asks what school you went to. No one asks who your parents are. Um, you, you get a runway. And if, if, uh, and like i said earlier if if people are throwing barriers in that runway then run around them and if those are your employers run around them if if you know and you will find your people here so if you if so your people if you're a fintech guy your or gal your people are those are the soliums are the zizunes or the halcyums and and that's that's where so it feels like as a city maybe we're all over the map but for those individuals, we're exactly where we should be, right? Like oh, that's powerful. Go, okay, I like find that. yep. your people and uh, at the same time as being curious about other people. And get out there
0: and connect. I like the adjacency. There were some really interesting themes that came out from today. And a lot of it, what I really did here was at the end of the day, it's what are we doing as individuals? Cause that's really where, what, like, what can I control, you know, be the change you want to be and kind of own it. If you're not getting the outcome that you want, put yourself in different surroundings. I just listened to a podcast yesterday and they kind of brought up the old, you know, you're the average of the five people you hang out with, but you can really play with that by like what, what, from what you follow on social media to who you're being exposed to and things in Calgary aren't going well, go to a different group of people. And all of a sudden it looks like it's going amazing. Oh yeah. Like I think you need to look around and, and most importantly, get your head up. Yep. I love the adjacency comment and, oh, that's, that doesn't make sense. That's not what I do. do how do you know? Yeah. How do you know? Where, where, can, where can you kind of almost beg, borrow, and steal yep. from what you sure. do know and what you do to really layer into other places? Yep. Right. I think I have a feeling that you and I can go on all day, <laughs> but I want to be uh, be respectful of your time and, and, of course, the audience. If anybody wants to reach out and get a hold of you, is there, what, is there a good way to get in touch with you? Or is there like, are you, are you open? Are you open to? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, that would be a ridiculous question based on what you just said. How
1: would someone kind of bump into you out there? Uh, so always open to a LinkedIn and, um, okay. you know, the, the, uh, my general rule is all, all a coffee with anyone. Okay. Um, when I break that, like I've broken that in the last month <laughs> and I'm just feeling so guilty that I'm going to go out and reach out to that okay. person now okay. because I kept on putting them off. So yeah, I love, um, yeah. So be
0: careful because the millions of listeners, as you mentioned, millions really, of you listeners. might have, you might have coffees, coffees, for, well, we'll, will
1: send your wife a memo that you might be out. And a slight bit of advice. If you do link into to me or anyone, give, give me context. Yes, um, the what and why. Yes, just just, uh, tell me how much you enjoyed my talk and I'll, I'll, I might (laughs) even buy coffee. Just blatant (laughs) flattery and compliments will get
0: you open the door anytime. Thanks so much for taking the time to meet us this morning. That was a great conversation. I appreciate
1: it. Thanks so much.